0: What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the and TIS podcast with your host, yours Shirley, Giant Shields. Got a good show here for you this midweek program on the uh, last full week of January 2021, recap all the happenings, the good, the bad, and the Green Bay Packers of the, from the championship Sunday in the National Football League, that was, give you my initial thoughts on Super Bowl, on the matchup that will be Super Bowl 55 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and give you my thoughts on the Hall of Fame. Uh, as it was announced uh, on Tuesday that for the first time since 2013 there will be no new inductees into uh, the Cooperstown Museum. But first things first let's begin with the the conference championship Sunday that was the last uh, the second to last day of the 2020 NFL uh, season and And uh, and the playoffs winded down the last day of uh, for quite a few months with more than one football game on the schedule. Let's jump right into it. And let us start first with the Green Bay Packers who absolutely just crapped the bed. I understand the final score was close, 31-26, but totally crapped the bed at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, first off... I I I don't even know where to begin. I could go LaFleur with the decision on the offensive drive at the end of the game. I could go Rodgers. I can I could go many different avenues. I could go with first off, how in the world did the Green Bay Packers? And yes, and I warned you on Sunday night. I was gonna bring. I was the salt was gonna be the salt that was gonna be produced on this show was going to be of large magnitude. So if you're not ready, then I suggest I suggest you beat it. But if you're ready, stay tuned because I'm I'm bringing the fire and I, and, and it's going to be producing hell of salt in this episode. So so be prepared. I did not understand how the Green Bay Packers were just, just so. I understand that the game was close. There were so many reasons why the Green Bay Packers lost that football game on Sunday. It is absolutely mind boggling. First off, let's start at the end of the half. Okay, what in God's name was Mike Pettin thinking? What was he trying to be, Greg Williams? At the Raiders Jets game back in December. I don't know what the. I mean, what was what was his idea when Brady and them had the ball before the end of the half and had a and was in a key opportunity for, the, for them to put up extra points heading into halftime. What in God's name was Mike Petton thinking when he decided to have yeah man to man defense instead of a cover three or a prevent defense, basically keeping everything in front of him and keeping the Buccaneers out of the end zone to to boost the halftime lead and and what does he do? He calls man to man, calls man to man defense. The corner king gets absolutely burned down the left down the left sideline and the Buccaneers get an extra get an extra score before the before the half and before you know it the halftime score is twenty is twenty one ten Tampa. I mean you got to be kidding me. Michael, come back to us please. This this is not Greg Williams tanking to get Trevor Lawrence against the. Saint against the Vegas Raiders in the middle of December. This is the NFC Championship game to get to a Super Bowl. Why you called man-to-man defense in that spot, in that situation, I'll never understand. When you're up 14-10 and you, you, know, you go into the locker room with a four-point lead instead, man-to-man defense, King gets burned down the left sideline, 21-10 Tampa heading into the half. I also had no idea what was going on there. I had no idea what was going on there. Also, how in the world did the Green Bay Packers offensive line perform so badly against the Timber Bay Buccaneers? Who, granted, and I was wrong, I gave them crap about the defense many times throughout the season and throughout these playoffs. The defense defense turns out to be pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. But how in the world does the Green Bay Packers, okay? How in the world does the Green Bay Packers offensive line allow Aaron Rodgers to get sacked five times throughout that game on Sunday? Five times against the against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but somehow, someway against the number one defense and the number one pass rush and the number one defensive line in the L.A. Rams the week before, Aaron Rodgers is barely I understand Aaron Donald was hurt but still that's a fantastic defensive team with a with the suit with a far superior pass rush they they make Brady's life a living hell and they beat Tampa when the Rams and Tampa played each other back in November. How in the world did the Packers offensive line allow the Tampa pass rush to go crazy to get 5 sacks on Aaron Rodgers in the game? Can someone explain that to me please when they had an absolutely Perfect game, immaculate football game, and immaculate performance against uh, against the Rams the week before that. Can someone can someone allow can someone explain that to me, please? How you know, how you allowed your gold boy Aaron Rodgers to get sacked five times? Can someone explain that to me, please? I'm 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 begging to know. I'm dying to find out. You you play. I mean, you had you had the your offensive line was a steel curtain. Or 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 what was a was a was a steel wall going up against the Rams the week before? You go up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is nowhere near as good a defense, has nowhere near as good as pass rush as a as a as a, has nowhere near as good as a pass rush as the Rams do, and you allowed Aaron Rodgers to get sacked five times. I that I, that I don't that I, I I I can't wrap my head around. And and straight up and I'll get to the floor I'll get to the floor and the refs in a minute. How in the world? Aaron Rodgers straight up up and down. I don't want to hear anyone making any excuses for him. I don't want to hear, hear, hear anyone pander him. I don't want to hear none of that. The bottom line is Aaron Rodgers did not deliver the goods and did not bring his team home. Okay, thirty three out of forty eight, three hundred forty six yards passing, three touchdowns and an interception. I understand statistically it looks it looks a little better than Brady, but you. you Pretty good, pretty good, ain't good enough to beat the goat Tom Brady. It's hard to believe I'm still saying this when Brady's 43 years of age and a member of the Buccaneers, not the New England Patriots. But pretty good ain't good enough. Okay, Aaron Rodgers does not deliver the goods. The Green Bay Packers forced Tom Brady to throw three, count them three, three second half interceptions, and the Packers could not come away with a touchdown. Not one time. Not one. Three first half inter three second half interceptions, and the Packers could not score a touchdown one single time. Not one. We'll check that. They had an interception twenty when it was twenty seventeen, and Green Bay scored a touchdown next drive. Okay, so they made it twenty twenty three. So I stand corrected by it. I stand corrected on that. But when Brady threw another interception with three or four to play in the third quarter, what happened? Green Bay punted on three plays, negative five yards of offense. That's not good enough. So I so I stand corrected on that. Brady threw an interception, scored a touchdown on it to make to make it uh 28 23 Tampa. Brady and the Bucks get the ball again, throws an interception again. What happens? Green Bay punts, three plays, takes off one minute and forty one seconds off the clock, negative five yards of offense. Negative five yards, three plays, a minute 41 off the clock. Brady throws an interception again. A pass... People, coach, well, I just saying, "Well, Evans should have caught the ball. That was a bad throw by Brady." Nonsense. I understand Evans and, and and their receivers didn't have a great day catching the football. That ball was a little high for Evans to catch. And don't give me that bullcrap rule. But if you if you have your hands on it, you should catch it. Yeah, right. How about how about the quarterback put the ball where it's supposed to go instead of making the wide receiver do the extra work? Your know, Tom Brady quarterback goat. No excuses. Make the damn pass. But the throws an interception. Throws an interception with a a buck 24 left in the third quarter. Green Bay, you know what Green Bay did on offense? Three plays, worked a total of 65 seconds off the clock. 65 seconds off the clock. And punted. Three plays, a buck 05 off the clock. Gained a total of zero yards of offense, or not a buckle? Did I get that right? Let me see. In the corner thing. Yeah, I think I got that right. Going off of the play-by-play thing on the ESPN, but. Three times Green Bay got the ball Three times Green Bay got the ball And on back-to-back Did not generate One positive yard of offense Negative five And zero With Aaron Rodgers at quarterback And all the talk And all of the And listen, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan I like Aaron Rodgers well, let's call it like we see it, and let's be fair, and let's be honest about it. Aaron Rodgers did not bring his team home. No excuses. When the GOAT Tom Brady does something, I could count on my hands how many times he's done this and throwing second-half interceptions more than one, and you can only come away with one touchdown, and he's thrown three interceptions in the second half. And you're and on back-to-back possessions after the interception, the total yards of offense you have put together is negative four, is uh is uh is negative five, negative five one drive and zero the next, and you're Aaron Rodgers and and I get and I got a getting paid a fortune, who's, you know, people talk about he's going to go down top 10 quarterbacks greatest to play the game, and you can't deliver your team home, and you you can't move your offense down the field in an NFC championship game at home, really, and you you are going to be the 2020 NFL MVP, and you generate negative five your first drive and a big fat goose egg the second, that is unacceptable. I understand Aaron Rodgers. This Aaron, no excuses, okay. If you Aaron Rodgers, okay, and I hear all this talk, and everyone in the media g- goes gaga over Aaron Rodgers, but he's the you know greatest thrower of the football, highly talented, which is all true and all valid. But he's getting paid a fortune, been to one Super Bowl in his life, sub five hundred in conference championship games. He finally has one at home for the first time in his career and Brady throws two interceptions in the second half and his offense comes up with negative 5 and 0 0 yards of total offense 0 that is that's not good enough and it's un and, and from Aaron Rodgers who i hear is again great and is going to go down top 10 greatest quarterbacks in the history of the sport that's not good enough and that's unacceptable It isn't. I'm sorry. It's not. It's unacceptable. Unacceptable. He did not bring his team home. And before I get to the floor and before I get the Rodgers, you know, it wasn't my decision. Hey, Aaron, how about on that third and goal? Okay, how about on that third and goal? You run it. Run it into the end zone. I've seen Aaron Rodgers in playoff games run for first downs and run for touchdowns on one one good leg. Okay, 2014, remember that playoff run when Aaron Rodgers played on essentially a bad leg throughout the entire postseason? I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. I have seen him do it. He, there was so much wide open space. For Aaron Rodgers to tuck the ball and run it into the end zone, it, it will make your it will make your mouth drop to the floor. When you go back on replay and look at it, what does Aaron Rodgers do? He holds on to the ball, he holds on to the ball too long and tries to force a pass that could have nipped Green Bay in the butt right then and there, and it could have been an interception. I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers has the ball at his 11-yard line scrambling. Yeah, there are two buck defenders behind him. But even if he doesn't get it, it sets up Green Bay in a better position. If LaFleur wanted to go forward on that fourth and goal, it gives the Packers better field position and a shorter distance to the end zone. There is a wide open area. If he decides to run it in, there's a receiver on the right side of the end zone that easily, is, all he has to do is just stand in front of the defender that's defending him, and then Rodgers gets in without a problem. And I'm snipping looking at it, and I literally am saying to myself, literally every, court, every starting quarterback in the NFL... Outside of Brady, could have easily ran that in for a touchdown in their sleep. Everyone from Matt Stafford to Mitch Trubisky to Joe Burrow to Mahomes to Watson to uh, to uh, to uh, shot Desha- to uh, Baker Mayfield to Lamar Jackson, I can go. I can I can call the roll to Ryan Tannehill. I can go down the roll. Could have easily easily ran that in for ran that in for a touchdown. Yet, for whatever the reason, Aaron Rodgers did it. That thing that makes it even more excruciating to watch is that Aaron Rodgers caught the Ram defender in the game the week before on, on a little pump fake move and sc- and ran it in for a touchdown in that game just the week before. Mo- used his hips, had a little pump fake, you know, got him with a, with a little double move and snuck into the end zone. Wide open space. No one in the area could have easily tuck it and ran. Had three timeouts, 211 11 was left on the clock. What What was his excuse? He should have ran it in, period. I don't care what LaFleur does. He should have ran it in there, uh, Aaron, instead of holding on to the ball and nearly throwing an interception on that third and goal play. That drove me crazy. And then another thing. LaFleur had no idea what Green Bay was doing on that last offensive drive. I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm sitting there thinking they got timeouts left. I'd say, you know what I do? I'd work, I'd work, I'd go down the field, set up my for me to get it, score a touchdown, score a touchdown. And while I'm doing that, I am working the clock. I am alternating between run and pass. I'm alternating. I'm not using a timeout. I am not going out of bounds. I am working the clock. Working it. So, by the time Brady and them get the ball back, they had to go for two just to tie the game up. But if they ended up, let's say, for a second argument, tying the game when it's 31-31, I am making sure, if it was me, I am making sure that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers do not have any more than at the minimum. Minimum twenty seconds left on the clock. I am making sure they, if they have more than twenty seconds left on the clock, I did not do my job with the football. They have the ball third and goal at at the Tampa eight yard line, and it's two eleven left on the clock. Pitiful and piss poor clock management. And as I'm standing there watching the game. With Ian standing right next to me, I'm like, "Run the ball now! Run the ball! Run the ball! Run the ball!" No, you c- can't go out of bounds there. No, you gotta run the ball! Run the ball! Run the ball! Take some time off the clock. Run it! Run it! Run! Yeah, come on! Don't! Yeah, come on! Work! Work the clock! Work the clock! Let that let let that puppy run to there's about a second left on the game clock. Don't know. You can't go out of bounds there, cause no, cause if you tie the game, Brady's gonna get the ball with 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 more than, with a minute and change. Left and all three of his out. You don't want that. Come on, your defense hasn't been that great all day anyway. I understand the three interceptions, but their defense was absolutely horrendous from Petten to the to the players on the field on down. I mean, and not to mention they couldn't get to Brady. Brady only Brady got sacked a total of one time in that game. They, they I understand they forced Brady with the three interceptions, but as a whole, that defense was not impressive under any circumstances. It was The same lousy defense that gave up all those yards to Dalvin Cook. And, uh, and 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 was just pathetic early on in the season and as they're driving down, it feels like you got to mix in a run play here work work some of that clock milk a little bit of that clock out cuz if you tie this game up and and Brady's got 90 seconds left plus his three timeouts you're setting yourself up for for trouble all all of this is crossing an 18-year-old fan's mind watching it in his living room in the state of Maryland yet it doesn't hit Thirty something year old Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers, standing on the sideline in Lambeau Field. How how do I catch this and how do I have a bigger and better feel of the game and what's and what's going on than the head coach does? That's what that's part of the reason why I can't take the, I can't take these these young whippersnapper thirty year old pretty pretty boy head coaches seriously. Cause who cares how well you can design an offense and your and your and your scheming, if there if there are people like me sitting, you know if there are people like me in their living rooms, you know, with no dog in the fight all across America that has a better feel that has a better feel and knows how to and has be, and has better clock management than the head coach, that's an issue. Okay, I should not I should not be I should not essentially know how to manage a, know how to manage a game clock better than better than a National Football League head coach in an NFC championship game. And I'm saying that why should you gotta work the clock, run the ball, mix in a couple run plays a little bit. Don't shouldn't have went out of bounds. You should have stayed in bounds, let that clock run down. Because even if they would have scored, even if they would have gotten a two-point conversion you don't want to. If you've learned anything, anything throughout Brady's Hall of Fame career, you do not leave him any time left on the clock for him to make a play and and for him to conduct that signature game winning drive to put his to put his team over the top. Especially, especially if he's got timeouts in his back pocket, which the Buccaneers did. Lafleur had absolutely no idea what the hell he was doing in that last offensive drive. None did not work the clock. Nothing did not did not work the clock whatsoever. Didn't run the ball when he was supposed to, and then on the fourth and goal, he decides to ki- he decides to kick a field goal. Really, against going up against the mastermind Tom Brady, and you decided to kick a field goal in the NFC Championship game. And you got Aaron Rodgers sitting there as quarterback. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Fourth and goal, and you decide to kick a field goal against the greatest quarterback of all time? Are you kidding me? This is exactly why I cannot take the McVeighs, the LaFleurs, the... The Kyle Shanahan's of the world. This is why I can't take them seriously. This is why. This, this is why I can't, and this is why part of me gets a little pissed off when when these when these chumps get hired for these head coaching jobs, Cliff Kingsbury, the, because they have no freaking clue how to manage a, how to manage a damn game clock. It does not take a genius to realize that you can that you that that you gotta work they gotta work the clock and milk the clock during that last offensive drive. You want to make sure that your possession is the last possession in regulation. You do not want Tom Brady getting the ball back with the game tied at 31 apiece with more than 25 seconds left on the clock, especially if they have all their timeouts in their back pocket. You don't do it. You work the clock, you melt the clock, you run the ball. And when you don't get the touchdown on a fourth and goal at your own 11, 12-yard line, you don't kick a field goal. You go for it, you idiot. Last thing on the refs, and I spend a lot of time on the Packers, get to the Chiefs, and I get to a break. With the refs, they missed the holding call on Lazard at the end of the first half, which which was which was egregious. Well, which was absolutely egregious. I understand that they essentially had their had the penalty flags in their back pocket, but that but that was an obvious hold. Clearly grabbed a hold of the top of L- L- Lazard's jersey past the five yards that should have been called, and at the end of the game, that was the that was a defensive pass and the defensive fans grabbed grabbed and held his undershirt. The problem I have is the inconsistency you call that you call that play after you've essentially swallowed your whistle for fifty eight minutes and then and suddenly, in the last two minutes of the game, all of a sudden you change what you call you call you've been calling the game all afternoon long i don't like that be consistent. Be consistent and be fair, okay? If you're going to officiate a game differently in the first 58, you can't all of a sudden the last two minutes of the game officiate a complete 180 of how you have been for the previous 58 minutes of the game. you got to be consistent. Yes, there was a defensive pass interference call, but the inconsistency bothers me. It also bothers me how late the flag came in, which which which, which raised an eyebrow, and that was a penalty on Lazard. People wouldn't have as much of an issue with the defensive pass and interference that penalty on Lazard that was just blatantly as obvious as the penalty that sealed the deal for Tampa. If if that penalty at the end of the first half, when Lazard had had essentially the number on the top of his shoulder grabbed and held, it wouldn't have been, it, if they would have called that, I don't think people are making as big of a stink as the DPI, which, caught, which ended up being the coup de grace for the Green Bay Packers 2020 season. But again, the officials gotta be consistent. You can't officiate a game one way for 58 minutes and essentially quote unquote let them play and then suddenly change change that in the last two minutes of the game. No, 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 no. And then people and then people and then people wonder why and people, you know, raise eyebrows when the people on social media can go out of their way, you know, and create you know, and have these NFL rigging the games in favor of Tom Brady conspiracy theories. Now Green Bay lost that game. But lost that game because again, Lafleur had no idea, doesn't know how to manage a game clock and 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 time and clock management is horrendous. Aaron Rodgers didn't deliver the goods again twice, coming off of Brady interceptions, negative five yards one drive and zero yards the next, and their defense was absolutely horrendous, especially in the first half. Okay, Tampa's up fourteen ten. Green Bay had the chance to stop them on the last possession before the end of the half, going to halftime with a four-point disadvantage. And Mike Pettin, who obviously is not a Buddy Ryan, decides to call up a man-to-man defense instead of a cover, a cover three or a prevent. And, and Green Bay goes into the half down 21-10. That is why the Green Bay Packers lost that football game. And then and the and the and the ref ball that occurred and the ref ball that occurred at the end of the game was just the coup de round on the Green Bay Packers season. That's all that was. Moving on to Green. Moving on to the Chiefs and the Bills. As far as the Bills are concerned, the Bills defense was absolutely horrendous in the game. Couldn't get the Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree kill tore up, uh, tore up, uh, can't tore up Buffalo all night long. Mahomes got sacked one time in the game was 29 of 38 for 325 yards passing. Tyree kill had hundred and seventy two yards receiving and nine receptions. Travis Kelsey 13 receptions, 118 yards, two touchdowns. I tweeted, I said, are any of are any of you dopes gonna bother to cover Travis Kelsey? I understand you know, it's pick your poison between Kelsey and Hell. Hell, it's a little bit difficult because you know because he's so fast and he's so quick and he's so shifty. But for the love, but for the love of God, you can't let Hell and Ty and and Travis Kelsey kill you. You got it. You gotta take away Mahomes' safety blanket because when the play breaks down, his first option is to go to is to go to Kelsey, who is literally standing in the middle of the field, wide open, no Buffalo defender near him. Which bother, which was someone who wanted Buffalo to win game. That bothered me. I understand that they they got so many weapons. It's hard, you know. It's pick your poison, but you can't let Hill and Kelsey both kill you. That you can't do. And 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 even though Travis Kelsey's best tight end in all the football, it's not like he's Tyree Kill that you know catches the ball and takes off like Road Runner and it's and it's bam eat my dust and it and and it, next thing you know, yeah, it's a foot race down the left down the left sideline, seventy five yards. Travis Kelsey, you can put two three guys on and make sure if he at least if he catches the ball, he he goes immediately to the ground. The fact they let Hill and Kelsey kill him. I have no idea, and and again, and Leslie Frazier now for an offense for a head coaching job after that defense after that horrendous defensive performance, really, really, and and they and they let Indianapolis linger in the game the two weeks before, really now. That defense was absolutely horrendous on Sunday night, and as far as Josh Allen is concerned, the moment is too big for him. You know, and and it's and it's his first AFC Championship game, so you give him a little bit of a break. But one thing that I would be stressing to Josh Allen throughout the throughout the rest of the off season is Josh, when the play breaks down, you cannot. If you want to run, run. If the play, if and when the play breaks down, you cannot run backwards, fifteen to thirty, fifteen to twenty five yards backwards. To allow yourself to essentially take these thirty plus yard these twenty plus yard sacks because those are absolute drive killers and momentum killers you take if you are going to get sacked don't keep don't run away from them Just either throw it away, tuck it, and run like you you know that, that like you've proven that you can do or or put the ball in your chest, bend down, take the sack you lose. Five, you lose three, four, five, six, seven yards, and you keep it moving. Okay, you can't avoid. You can't see. You know, Chris Jones coming in. You know, coming right at you, and your initial reaction, instead of to throw the ball away or to or to try to run and get some buys of yardage. your reaction can't can't be essentially to run away from him and run essentially twenty five yards backwards down the other side of the football field. That that I understand he's a young kid, you know, and he's got a lot of potential and he's got a lot of promise. And I'm a Josh Allen fan, but you but that's something that he's got to get out of his arsenal of, of uh, play at the quarterback position, quick, fast, and in a hurry, because that is a, that, that, cause that is a setup for disaster when he does that. He has got to get out of the habit of running backwards and taking these large sacks when the play breaks down instead of throwing the ball away, trying to run and get positive yards, or if you're going to get sacked, make sure that the sack is no more than 10 yards of loss and not... And, 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 And you're not putting your team in a position where they're staring at a third and 37. As far as Sean McDermott is concerned, too conservative with the play calling. Should have went for a touchdown at the end of the half. And the two field goals. You can't you can't beat the Kansas City Chiefs kicking field goals. You can't beat Brady. You can't you can't beat Brady, and you can't beat the Chiefs kicking field goals. You got to be aggressive, put your have your foot on your on their neck, uh technically speaking, and finish the deal and put the stake through them and be aggressive and don't let up. Gotta go for the touchdowns. Can't be Kansas City being conservative and and just quote unquote settling for the points. You gotta go for the gusto. Score the touchdowns, McDermott. And as far as that fiasco at the end of the game is concerned, before anyway, before everyone wants to start piling on Buffalo, get on the Chiefs a little bit and open up your eyes. Okay, Chris Jones should have gotten his ass kicked out of the game in the first quarter when he threw up when he threw a punch that that he got away that he got away with that nobody saw. Stephon Diggs got body slammed by. Um, by uh, Brashad, by Brashad Breland, it was a 15 yard penalty, and the game was chippy on both sides. Not with, not just with Buffalo, but with Kansas City as well. And again, before you wanna, you know, kill Josh Allen, keep keep in mind if Josh Allen doesn't get tackled after the whistle already blew, the play did stopping his forward progress. Josh Allen doesn't throw the ball at the guy, at the guy's head, instigating that big fight. That resulted in offsetting penalties. Keep that in mind as well. Take a break. I'll give you my thoughts on this Super Bowl that I can't stand. Back after this. Welcome back to the Amatelic like Atea yeah, is podcast. Switching gears now, before I give you my thoughts on Super Bowl, just to wrap a bow on Aaron Rodgers, you know, something has to give, you know. Green Bay is, has law, are now one in four in their last NFC conference, in their last NFC championship games. They choked, choked against the Seahawks and lost 28 22 in overtime. They were not a factor against Atlanta when they lost, 20, when they lost 44-21. They got absolutely embarrassed uh, what's-his-face. Uh, Raheem Mostert ran all over them, went absolutely crazy against them in the conference championship game last year. And then this year, they went to bed 31-26. And the only NFC championship game Aaron Rodgers for all of his glory and all of his greatness and blah, 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 the only conference championship game he's ever won in his career and it's then a game where Caleb Haney, yes, Caleb Haney of the Chicago Bears threw the ball twenty times. Why? Because because Jay Cutler got beat up in that game and decided instead of instead of going out there, giving it his all and fighting to get to the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl, he inside he decided to stay on the sideline and ride on a bicycle instead of going out there and putting forth his best foot forward and getting the Chicago Bears somehow to Super Bowl forty five. But that's it. They're 1-4 in, in NFC Championship games. that have lost four straight. And every single one of those games, the Green Bay Packers offense has failed to score more, has failed to score more than 28 points. 22, 21, 20, 26. That ain't good enough. For Aaron Rodgers and for all of his glory and for all of his greatness and, and the talent and the and the arm strength and just the phenomenal, wow, look at this. And again, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan, but something has to give. You cannot be considered an all-time great top 10 in the history of the National Football League and be one in four in NFC Championship games and been to one Super Bowl in your life. I can't consider you an all-time great top 10 of all time in the history of the National Football League at the quarterback position and you're 1-4 in the NFC Championship Games. I'm sorry I can't. I I, I, I I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Was pathetic against the forty ers not good in twenty sixteen. granted his defense didn't let him down in twenty fourteen, but he never did say, Hey, the hell with it. I'm putting y'all on my back. I'm a I'm gonna take y'all home and get y'all to the Super Bowl. And then on Sunday, he was absolutely he did not he was okay, but okay ain't good enough trying to beat the GOAT. It ain't good enough. Not good enough. Had to get that off my chest before we move on. And, and and again, the salt will be produced in this episode because I might be the only person. I might. I and maybe Chris Russo might be the only person that hates, hates, hates this Super Bowl matchup for many reasons. One, I've seen this matchup between these two teams already in the same ve- in the same venue, no less, in Raymond James. I've seen this already. They, these two teams played each other in Week 12 on Thanksgiving weekend on that Sunday. I've seen them already. Tyreek Hill absolutely torched the Tampa Bay secondary, and Tampa made it a game somewhat in the middle of the fourth quarter, but really did not stand a chance against Kansas City in the high-flying offense, and Tyreek Hill set all sorts of records with over 200 yards receiving in the first quarter. So that's number reason why I don't like it because I've seen this matchup already. Number two, and more importantly, I've about I've, I've I'm sick of Tom Brady. Okay, damn it, someone's got to say. I understand Tom Brady, goat this, goat that is the he the greatest athlete of all time. Blah 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 blah. I could KLS less, and I'm not interested. I'm sick of Tom Brady. This is t- think about it. I'm 18 years old. Okay, the first Super Bowl I can recall sitting down and watching Super Bowl 41. Colts and Bears. Do you realize Tom Brady has played? You want to do the math, and I'm not even, and I'm and I'm a count Super Bowls that I didn't even watch, but you want to do the math. He's been in ten Super Bowls, and I've been and I've seen and I've seen eight, and I've been and I've uh, and I've been on this earth for eighteen years. So I'm counting Super Bowls I haven't I haven't seen Super Bowl thirty-seven I didn't see thirty-eight didn't see thirty-nine didn't see. 40, I vaguely remember, but I don't remember watching the game. I just remember Jerome Bettison, the Steelers, and that whole ordeal. But you want to do the math. In my lifetime, my 18 years of living, do you realize that Tom Brady has been in the Super Bowl, counting this one, Super Bowl 55, he has been in the Super Bowl 55%, 55% of my lifetime. I've been on this earth for 18 years in the Super Bowl, in 10, uh, 10 of those 18 years he's been in the Super Bowl. Think about that for a minute. 10 Super Bowls he's been in, in my lifetime. Super Bowl 38, Super Bowl 39, Super Bowl 41, super, or excuse me, Super Bowl 42, Super Bowl 46, Super Bowl 49, Super Bowl 51, Super Bowl 52, and 53. Plus this 54, 55% of my my time here on this earth, Tom Brady's been in the Super Bowl, and I'm damn sick and tired of it. I'm not a Patriot fan. I'm not a Brady fan. I am not a Buccaneer fan. I am so sick and tired of seeing Tom Brady in this game. And again, I t- he's earned my respect. Greatest quarterback to ever do it. 10 Super Bowls, six rings. He's the greatest. No disputing that. Tip my hat off, tip my cap to him. But for the love of God, I am so sick and tired of seeing Tom Brady in this Super Bowl. I mean enough, Tom. Please. Forty three years of age. I've seen I've seen enough. An idea it's a, what do you want to do? Throw the games on throw the games on purpose or lose or just or you know, throw the games, just not go out there and play and just not care. Here's another alternative, Tom. You've essentially accomplished everything there is to accomplish, playing the quarterback position in the National Football League. You're forty-three years of age, been playing the game since two thousand, have been a starter since two thousand one. Here's a bright idea. How about retire? huh that ever crossed your mind retire I don't care about you wanting to play till forty five years of age I'm not interested retire you've won six Super Bowls been to ten of them including this one retire that has that ever crossed your mind retire retire How about, how about retire I'm not saying throw the games just retire you've accomplished. what is, what is there left for you to accomplish it's not that much. You're gonna go down Fred's battle Hall of fame near near unanimous six Super Bowls. Retire. Retire. You're are in your you're in your early forties. Retire. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure your kids miss uh, seeing Daddy more often than they do. Retire. Gis, uh, Giselle called me. She said she wants she she said that she wants some more loving from Tommy. Retire. Your parents are up there in age. They need, your, they need your, your, uh, your love and your emotional care for them. I heard that they were dealing with COVID back in September. Retire and spend, spend some time with your parents while you still got them. Retire, Tom. Get your priorities in check. I'm sick of seeing Brady in this damn Super Bowl. And they might, At this point, they might as well rename well re- the Super Bowl to the Tom Brady Inventational. For crying out loud. Like, it's like it's like we get a one we get one year, one lousy year that Tom Brady doesn't have to play in the game, and long ball the year after he's right he's right back in the game. Literally. Super Super Bowl Super Bowl forty six Patriots were in it. Super Bowl forty seven Patriots weren't even it, it was Ravens and Forty ers Okay, so you get it okay, so you max you get two years. 2012, 2013 2014 he was in the game 15 he was 16 he was 17 he was 18 he was 19 he wasn't 20 he is I'm, I'm sick of it I'm I'm sorry I'm someone that doesn't like Brady doesn't care for him I'm done I'm tapped out Brady fatigued enough okay Patriots, Patriots aren't in the game anymore but he still is. it doesn't make it that much better So I'm sick of Brady enough get out Goodbye, retire, sign see C in Canton. Goodbye. Another re- another th- Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. Okay, when it's not my team, I like this. I like I like new teams in the Super Bowl every year. Unless well, it's my team that's in it, and they haven't been in my lifetime because their own doing. But I want to see new teams in the Super Bowl every single year. New teams outside of Philly, which I wanted them to repeat. I I, I, I want new teams in the Super Bowl. I want new teams in it. I don't want. I don't like repeat champions. I don't like. I don't. I don't like repeat I mean, I was into it a little bit when the, you know I wanted the Seahawks to knock off Brady in Super Bowl Forty Nine. But for the most part, I, I I want new teams in the game. I want new teams in the game. I saw the Chiefs last. I I saw the Chiefs in the Super Bowl last year. They won it last year. Okay, you won it. You won it. You had your moment of glory. Piss off. Give me a new team in there. I wanted Buffalo in. I wanted the Ravens in. I don't want Kansas City in. They were in the game last year. And they won it. Go away. I've seen it. I've seen it. You've won it. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. See you next. Come on, let's go. I don't want the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year. They win it last year and they won it last year. Enough. Enough. Another reason why? Because, again, with the Mahomes stuff. I, again, Mahomes' voice annoys the hell out of me. He, you know, he plays that politically correct angle and, and, and doesn't see anything that, you know, that gets uh, that, that you know, that gets the uh, the white folks in Kansas, City, Missouri, pissed off at him. The, you know, the conservative, the conservative white who wants their athlete to put their head down and just do nothing but play football and and go home and have a little private. That bothers me, cause he cater, cause he caters to that audience. It bothers me. He Doesn't go out on a limb. He doesn't, you know, say it. He doesn't say anything. He does, he doesn't, he doesn't do any. He doesn't do anything like that. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't do any- He doesn't, he doesn't do anything like that. He doesn't go out on a limb. He doesn't say anything that you know that might ruffle some feathers. He doesn't do that. And everyone likes to consider him to be the quote unquote LeBron James of his sport. Well, LeBron James doesn't give a damn about what any conser what white what any white conservative thinks. He's LeBron James. He says he says and and thinks what he pleases. And if you don't like it, he you know you in LeBron's eyes you can kick rocks. But I and I don't care for Mahomes. Not to mention the national media ad infinitum over and over and over again worships these two like they're gods. And it and it drives me freaking crazy and it pisses me off. They worship these two guys like gods. They play football. They're not out there on the front lines fighting coronavirus. And they're not the scientists. They came up with the vaccine. They didn't find a cure for cancer. They're not president of the United States. They did not solve world hunger. They did not they did not uh come up they did not uh come up you know with uh World of peace. They're quarterbacks. They should be treated as such. I understand they're great. I understand they're phenomenal. I understand that they're talented. I understand that they're champions. But they're football players, not gods. That's, that's, again. I can't. De- enough. Can't. can't. I can't. I can't take it. Bills and Packers in my eyes would have been so much better. I don't care what the national media thinks, what CBS thinks, what the NFL thinks, what ESPN thinks, what the NFL Network thinks, what social media thinks, the Brady and Mahomes uh, writers. I could care less what they think. In my eyes, Bills and Packers would have been so much better of the Super Bowl. Bills being in the game, Bills being in the game for the first time since 1993. They're playing. They're playing in Tampa 30 years after the uh, Super Bowl 25 when they lost to the Giants. Which actually, is the 30 year anniversary on this day that this recording is is uh, being processed. On January 27th, would have returned to Tampa 30 years after Wide Wright and Scott Norwood. First Super Bowl appearance since 1993. Josh Allen, Bills Mafia, whole nine yards. Green Bay Packers would have been in the game for the first time in ten years when they, uh, when they beat Pittsburgh and, in, uh, in Dallas. So it would have been Green Bay's first appearance for the first time in the decade. Would have had Rogers, Rogers getting a chance at another Lombardi, you know, him and Matt Lafleur getting to a Super Bowl and not him and Mike McCarthy would have been so much more and way better of a storyline than the one that we have now. This this game storylines are boring, dull, and repetitive. It's all get out. Not to mention, as far as the Super Bowl is concerned, you I even though Tampa is a wild card team and it's and they've only been the seventh wild card team, or they have a chance to be the seventh wild card team in the history of the Super Bowl to win the whole thing. Last team to do it was the 2000 and uh, was 2010 Packers. After mentioned to so be, they were the last. Uh, they were the last uh wild they were the last uh wild card team to they were the last wild card team to uh to win the Super Bowl but for the but for the love of god i've seen I, again i saw these two teams play each other back in week 12 and there's no true underdog why because brady why because brady because brady's on the bucks that's why i understand I understand again that that the uh, uh, that you know that the uh, Buccaneers are a wild card team, but there's but there's really no true underdog. I'm sorry, there isn't. There there's there's no true under there's no true underdog. There isn't because because Brady's on the Bucks, and when Brady's on the Bucks, you can't be considered an underdog because he's played in this game nine previously nine times. There so there's no real true underdog in this game. And Kansas and and I understand the Buccaneers are the quote unquote challenger because they had because you know it's been the first time and that's and that's one of the few interesting storylines in this game is the fact that it's Tampa Bay's first appearance in the Super Bowl since Super Bowl uh, thirty seven when John Gruden was the coach back in uh, two back in two thousand two. But Kansas City, they're they're looking they're looking to do something that Tom Brady. That you know that a team that with Tom Brady on it in two thousand three two thousand four Patriots haven't done, and that is repeat a Super Bowl champions. Been sixteen years since we had a repeat Super Bowl champion. Kansas City's looking to do that, but there is no real true underdog, because Brady's on the Bucks. That's uh, you know, that's it, and it's the, and it's Brady and and Brady's, Brady's first Super Bowl appearance as a wild card team. It's the first wildcard team to play in the Super Bowl since the 2010 Packers. The Bucks are the first team to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Vikings came close three years ago but got rocked by the Eagles, which prevented them from doing so. And again, and it's the Bucks' first Super Bowl appearance since 2002 when John Gruden was head coach and they did it with uh, with Brad Johnson. Other than that, other other than those little intricacies. I don't like the Super Bowl. I don't like the matchup. The storylines are old, repeated, and and, and are not original. The you know the goat versus the ki- oh my God, it's vomit inducing, guys. My God, show a little objectivity. Where you please get get off the get place. My goodness gracious, it, it makes me sick. They I mean the way the media loves on Mahomes and 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 Brady, it's it's nauseating. Can't stand it, but. I, I, I don't Buffalo and Green, Green Bay would've been a s would have been a much, much better Super Bowl. And there's no guarantee this is gonna be a good Super Bowl. What if, you know, what if Brady comes out the get gate, throws two interceptions, two pick sixes, and before you know it, the score at halftime's thirty five seven, uh thirty five seven Kansas City. So again, there's no guarantee that's gonna be a good Super Bowl anyway. So that's just me that's what I think that's what I feel Salt's been produced take a break get into the Hall of Fame a little bit to close out the show right after this Welcome back to the Amatela podcast, and don't worry, I will bring up that uh, that situation with Chad Wheeler, that bastard. Uh, I will. I you 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 bet you bet your ass I am gonna get to Chad Wheeler. Not in this show. It's a little teaser for all to for y'all to tune in on uh Saturday this uh this upcoming weekend but I I'm going to I'm going got a couple of choice words for uh for Chad Wheeler just you buckle up sit back and hang tight I, I got I am I'm going to have a few choice words for uh for Chad Wheeler you you better you better believe I will and I ain't hold and I ain't holding back on it on anything either but that is for Saturday what's for today to close out the program as National Baseball Hall of Fame. For the first time since 2013, no players were elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2021. You need 75% of the vote, which in case none of y'all didn't know, the closest vote-getter was Kurt Schilling with the 71%, Barry Bonds is 61.8%, and Roger Clemens had 616 my thought on it is, uh, and Kurt Schilling is, and if any of you all know me, you know that Kurt Schilling would be one of the last guys in America I'd ever want to hang out with or talk to or, or conversate with. I mean, he is he is a he is a complete excuse my French. He's a complete asshole who I would want absolutely zero business with. It's, it's just the bottom line. Having said that, though Kurt Schilling belongs in the hall of Kurt uh, Schilling straight up and down belongs in the hall of fame. He is a lifetime two twenty three ERA pitcher with, with a, uh, with uh, with a hundred and thirty three innings pitched with a hundred and twenty strikeouts in the po with a hundred and twenty strikeouts in the postseason, pitched nineteen games in the postseason in his career and in his and a career. Two twenty-three ERA, pitching in 12th series and five postseason and five postseason starts with an 11 and two record in the postseason. Eleven and two record in the postseason. Two twenty-three, two twenty-three ERA, and a vital, vital, vital piece in the Washington, in Washington, in the Boston Red Sox winning the world, winning the World Series in 0-4. And he's won. And he's won it. Th- and he's won it three times. Six-time All-Star, World Series MVP, and NLCS MVP. Kurt Schilling is, is should be in the Hall of Fame. Case closed. No questions asked. What throughout his tweets and his erratic behavior and what he says when he stands for out the window, he belongs in the Hall in the Hall of Fame. Case closed. No questions asked. Same. It's the same thing like I said with Phillip Rivers. You know you. you whether and whether you like the guy or not should have whether you like the guy or not or the guy's character off the off the uh, playing field should have absolutely nothing to do with their performance as a player okay the these Hall of Fame guys with football and with baseball got to learn how to separate Kurt Schilling the baseball player from Kurt Schilling the person Kurt Schilling the person. I Curt I, Schilling, the person, I despise and is, is, an, and is a complete uh, piece of you-know-what. Curt Schilling, the pitcher, one of the greatest guys to ever do it, especially in a postseason setting. He deserves to get in the Hall of Fame. Case closed. No questions asked. Throughout, all, throughout your vendetta, what you think of him as a person, that doesn't matter and it's irrelevant. This is the National Baseball Hall of Fame, not the National Hall of Fame for great, for great uh human beings, okay? We're 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 not giving him the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. We're giving him a place in Cooperstown based on his work and his performance as a pitcher in Major League Baseball through, throughout his uh long illustrious career. Don't get it twisted. It's the same. I got the. I got the same. I got the same problem and the same issue. You know, what with, with the with the Philip Rivers argument. Well, he's a nice guy. He's such a great and a nice guy. How can you not love Philip Rivers? He deserves it in the Hall of Fame. No, 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 no. You don't put guys in the Hall of Fame whether you like them or not, or how great of a person they are. You put them in the Hall of Fame based on their performances and their stats and their numbers and their records and their championships that they earned during their playing days. Case closed. No questions asked. As far as Bonds and Clemens are concerned, you cheat the sport, you don't get him. I could give a damn about what anybody else says about what well, I want my era of baseball to be. It's the Hall of Fa- I understand the Hall of Fame is a museum, but it's a place where baseball's immortals, immortals, are supposed to be remembered and celebrated. Those who did, who played the game the right way, in the proper way, did not cut corners, did not stick ne- uh, needles up their hind paws, and didn't cheat to do it. And people like, well, put them in and let the people who walk around the museum, come up with their own opinions of them. Nonsense. The cheating is cut and dry. It's documented when they when they cheated, how long they cheated, what they were using, and when they got caught. Not to mention, you could just look Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds in the early nineties, and now elected Barry Bonds in two thousand and one. Okay, we're not stupid. It's just some things that are just cut and dry are what they are. Case closed. Can't defend it. Can't argue it. You cheat the sport, you don't get into the Hall of Fame. That applies for Bonds, that applies for Clemens, that applies for Jose Canseco, that applies for Mark McGuire, that re- applies for uh, for uh, Sammy Sosa, that, that applies for all of them. A-Rod, all of them. You cheat the game, you don't get in. Especially if your quote-unquote Hall of Fame numbers are in question because you took steroids. Unlike Big Poppy, who got caught... Got caught in the front end of his career, and essentially his numbers past O three on, he was clean. Did not fail a drug test. Did not nothing. Was clean. Clean, clean, clean. I understand it's a, it's a it's a it's a gray area because cause you can make the argument well if you put Ortiz in there, you got to put you know Bonds and Clemens in there. I get that. I understand that argument. But. Here's the difference. Schilling and Bonds became an immortal when they took the steroids. Ortiz became an immortal after he got caught and learned his lesson from taking steroids. He got caught, essentially, never said to himself never again, and wrecked havoc throughout Major League Baseball the rest of his career. And believe me, I would know. I'm an Orioles fan, and I've saw just about every big game David Ortiz, you know, played in his life in every big situation. And in every big situation he ever, you know, came his way again up against my Orioles. I know. May beginning of his career may have been a little suspect. But from essentially oh four to the year he retired in two thousand sixteen, I want to say, he was clean. Clean as a whistle. And it's not. and the numbers that made him an immortal were done were 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 being produced when he was clean. With bonds and Clemens, they were cheating frauds. And Alex Rodriguez, I don't give a crap. How many times he, sh- how many inaugurations he shows up? I don't give a crap how many Super Bowls you know he he's on television on Fox with. I don't care how many times he's spotted in public with J Lo. I don't give a crap how many times he's on television with Fox and ESPN doing 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 uh, the baseball postgame shows and Sunday Night Baseball. Alex Rodriguez should be nowhere near the Hall of Fame because, unlike Bonds and Clemens, he cheated throughout his entire career, to the point where his numbers, rightfully so, should be thrown out and nullified, because he was so bad. You don't, you didn't know when a when A Rod wasn't juicing. Got caught three times, was suspended a whole season and a half for it. Not to mention. He was so diluted and such a pathological liar. He sued his own players union and he sued baseball. A-Rod should not get anywhere near the Hall of Fame. Bonds and Clemens I don't like, but I'll bite my tongue with it. If these Muppets somehow decide to put A-Rod into a Hall of Fame, especially when Pete Rose isn't in it and Pete Rose Never cheated the sport, and is the game's all-time leader in hits. I will raise. I I swear to God, I will raise holy hell about it, and will not stop unless it's unless it's done the right way. And you can make the argument before you put any guys of the steroid era in, put Pete Rose in, and don't wait until he's dead. To have, you know, one of his ex-wives or his mistresses or his children do his speech. Put him in Cooperstown Baseball. Quit farting around. You have these deals with DraftKings and FanDuel and Fantasy Baseball and all this Goober's nonsense. Not to mention sports gambling is legal in the majority of the United States and uh, in America anyway. It's been over thirty plus years. He didn't cheat. The, his his numbers aren't in question because he betted against the team, nor cheated the sport. You put Pete Rose in first, and and if you want to put a few of the steroid guys in, I'll allow Bonds and Clemens, which I don't like. But if you want to do that, fine. Make sure Pete Rose gets in first. And as far as Schilling is concerned, wouldn't have a conversation with Schilling if he was the last guy next to me on planet Earth. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't care about what he says and what he does on Twitter and his comments. And his not interested when it comes to evaluating how he was as a baseball player. So that all out the window, all out the window. Because again, one more time before I say goodbye: eleven and two, two point two three ERA in the postseason, World Series MVP, NLCS MVP, three-time World Series champion. Case close. End of story. That's your show after the the Amatelic and TIS podcast. I'm going to get to Chad Wheeler. Stay tuned for that on Saturday. It's your boy Josh Shields. Follow me on socials at the J Shields. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it. TIS follow the show on Instagram at Amatelic underscore podcast. It's your boy Josh Shields. Talk to you on Saturday. Stay safe. Y'all take care.